0: This episode of The Drunken Taoist is brought to you by Harry's. For guys like you who want a great shave experience for a fraction of what you're paying now, go to harrys.com and get $5 off your first purchase by entering the code DAO, T-A-O, when you check out. It's a little box right there in the discount code, T-A-O. Click it, save, and shave!
1: Fuck pain. Fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life.
0: From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America, known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Tonight, America's crazy fear of public displays of affection. God puts Abraham to the ultimate test of faith. The rule is ladies first for a damn good reason. The amazing tale of the most lucky and unlucky fellow on the planet. Ronda Rousey is a role model to a sweet barbarian, KO'd by the spinning backfist from hell, human sacrifice, sex talk, atom bombs. Man, this one is full. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dice Podcast, begins now. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? When I'm episode 64, check it out, 64!
1: Kids do not do drugs. They are bad for you.
0: And that they, means that we get our show gets to social security next next episode.
1: That's right. We are in uh, retirement age. No, no, no. I want to do this forever. So
0: that's only year three. We got a ways to go for that. Welcome back, everybody. Episode sixty-four of the Drunken Towers podcast. The voice on the other end is Mr. Danielli Mulally. Here we are back for more adventure. And there he is. Here we are. Let's go play. We gotta talk about our new friends, Harry's.com, to get your shave on. Now I have my kit and it worked very nicely. I got the did you get the silver razor or did you get one of the colored ones?
1: I mine was silver. Yeah. And yes, I got it too good stuff. And who the hell doesn't need a razor, right?
0: Well the prices are much more you know, you're talking two dollars a razor. Yeah. Not go and get a pack at Target and it's nineteen dollars for five. Of them. No, it's not. It really is the way to do it. But I want to put a challenge out. This is our our second big push for Harry's, and this time I want to talk to the ladies. Now, I understand that the ladies are not the target, but we know that 16% of you out there are lady listeners, and I want you to step up and order one of these for yourselves and let these guys at Harry's know that they're fools not to be sending it to the lady folks. My wife is up in arms that this is not available to her. Now, Beleli and I got the nice, uh, I think it's the Winston packets of the silver razor, which she said, too slippery for the shower. Uh-huh. But I got the uh, one of the colored ones, which is the Truman set for my son to let him try out, and they come in a lot of different colors. Not so slippery in the shower, so it is lady approved for a lot of that leg work you got to get in the shower and whatever fantastic parts you might need to shape up. Ladies- Call these folks, order a pack, put towel in the, uh, when you get to the checkout, there'll be a place for a code. You save $5 on the pack, so the whole thing's going to be about 10 bucks for three razors, not razors, but three blades, uh, the, the razor stick itself, they're going to throw some nice cream in there for you, and order them up. Show these gentlemen that don't do much of any action off the show that you ladies know how to order some stuff. You get to pick a color your light, and let these folks know that, Hairy ladies also need some shaving.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Big giant thank you to the people keeping us in business. That's Usara, with all your hemp, where all your hemp needs will be fulfilled. Uh, Backpacks, computer bags, uh, there are even like hemp underwear now that he's got going now, t-shirts, the hoodie's glorious, I absolutely love the hoodie uh Jujitsu gi the there's a whole range of hemp product. One that I want him to get, I put him on my request list is hemp wick, is this thing that you can use for anybody who smokes rather than you know anytime you take a puff when you light the lighter you're inhaling butane. Not right. a good thing. So instead you light up this uh hemp wick week, kind of like the same week as a candle, but it's just this one long string wrapped around. And then you use that to light whatever you use. So I'm asking Chris to add it to the list of products. I'm hoping that that will come through. And we but had a
0: recent visit from Chris. He'll be back, I guess, next episode. You get to check out all his uh, exciting adventures. Oh, two episodes.
1: Yeah, we are, as usual, we are in a time vortex where we record episodes sometime out of order compared to when they are released. So he, Chris O'Dell, will be back on the Drunken Tavis podcast probably the episode after this one
0: and what he had to say that i think is important everybody knows if you ever do have a problem with any of his products he will bend over backwards to help make it right yeah he's an awesome guy he's so sweet he's all about customer service he's all about making you happy and you know the gear i've had has just been incredible it's been used we we drag all our equipment around and you do for years no troubles it doesn't rip it's uh definitely doesn't have any fungus or funkiness of it because of the awesome micro Ninjas. ninjas Yes, I did.
1: And I think that's one of the cool things about—that's com- I did didn't think of that before until you brought it up. That's a common trend among uh, all our sponsors: is awesome customer service. Yeah. You know, on it you don't like, uh, you order Alpha Brain, you try it, you don't want it, you don't even have to. You know, usually good customer service is you send it back and they refund you. They don't even want you to send it back. They say you don't like it. Okay, done. You don't owe us anything. That's pretty cool. Who does stuff like that, you know? Not very many. And on that note, please check out the whole on it website offerings. There's new stuff popping up all the time. I just had a chance to hang out a little with Aubrey Marcos. He had me sample all sort of goodies. The man is, he has some serious good stuff in there. I've um as usual, I went back on my hemp protein regimen. The hemp protein he's got is glorious. I started playing with Alpha Brain, and so far I like it. I want to see, see more of it, but I'll see how that goes. What kind of
0: dose? Are you just doing one a day? or? In, yeah, in, in I started
1: it? really mild, so I do feel something, but it's pleasant and mild. And then we'll start, uh, a lot up and see what happens with once I add two. The, um, yeah,
0: I like them a lot, too. I like it at nighttime, though. I think it's a good thing, sort of like if you need a little motivator at night. Yep. I, I just treat it, you know, like instead of a cup of coffee, have one of those. And um I don't know dreams have been intense but there's a lot of reasons for that but I'm sure it could be part of it. You
1: know one time when uh, it really helped me I was uh, with Duncan Trussell we were doing a show in Wisconsin and after a couple of days of intense traveling so we were kind of wiped out and Duncan said, "Oh, you know, before the show, uh here is some alpha brain. Let's both take it. Let's see if it helps." And, and sure enough, man, conversation flowed like there was no tomorrow. It was perfect. So, yeah, good stuff with, uh, I'm having a good time with Alpha Brain. I'm having a good time with a lot of the, on that stuff.
0: And the one I always forget the name of, but I got it this time, is the Earth Grown Nutrients. It's just this crazy powder with hundreds what? of little ingredients of some of this and some of that to get you a really balanced nutrition. I've been liking that a lot. It ain't the most tasty stuff in the world, but you just mix it with a little water and, yeah. and kick it back and there you go, man. It's actually plant products. Yeah, exactly. So, you've so still you still got to do the digestion on it to get yep. the good stuff out of it, but... That's I felt really good. I don't know if my fauna is better internally because of it. It can't possibly hurt. But that would definitely be something I'd check out. I like that quite Absolutely. a
1: bit. Absolutely. It's great stuff. I concur. And you can, in a spoonful, you can have as many veggies as you need throughout the day. Then, you know, you want to cook veggies. Great. That's excellent. But just even having that, that's an awesome thing. And sure design, man, Ben at same story. He's like, if there's any problem with customer service, he's on top of it. He's really sweet about stuff like that. And, you know, he works in Thailand where communication, I guess, gets kind of tricky sometimes with his factory. So there are always some issues once in a while where he's like, oh, man, the factory guy just fucked up, sent me less T-shirts, da, da, da. And every time, you know, when it could be a problem, he fixes it in no time. And it's always smooth and easy. Sure design, again, beside our T-shirts, yeah. check out theirs. There's a whole range of amazing stuff. He opened, I think, a new website that was all about kind of pants, comfy pants that you can wear around the house. I used them for going hiking just this past week. It was great. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all of these fine folks for keeping us in business. And on that note, let's get the ball rolling. Whee! (laughs)
0: time story time bible story it's time it's time to get your bible learning on with father bolelli and today we
1: have a charming biblical story that emphasizes the importance of having faith who could possibly be against having faith right faith is the pinnacle on which all western religions rely on faith is the foundation you know every other speech in politics they always talk about the people of faith the importance of faith faith as well, I guess Sam Harris wouldn't like it so much. He wrote a book called The End of Faith. But other than that ungodly bastard, everyone else clearly likes faith, right?
0: That's sort of like a, not any questioning. You just do it because you're told to.
1: Speaking of which, let's emphasize that point with a story that comes to us from Genesis 22, Ooh. verses 2 through 8. This is a story of the biblical patriarch himself, the one and main, uh, Abram. You Abraham, know, Father
0: Abraham had many sons.
1: Yeah, what happens with Abraham is uh, he and his wife uh, couldn't have kids, so then uh, he ended up having sex with a slave girl instead, having a kid from her. But then his wife actually did get pregnant by the time um, they were both in their 90s, because, you know, um, geriatric sex is always appealing. But there's... Uh, so they do have a legitimate heir and um, name Isaac. And Abram cannot believe his luck. He finally has his uh, uh, descendant and, you know, he feels like they love Isaac more than they love anything. And uh, More than they love prune juice. And one day, God decide more than anything? Really? Because that's not the way it's supposed to be, my man. So Uh-oh. let me remind you of how things are supposed to go.
0: Here comes gangster God.
1: So God arrives and basically tells Abram, look. If if you are a true faithful one, there's something you have to do for me. Anything, my God, absolutely anything, whatever you need. Okay, good. Then grab your son Isaac, bring him up, tie him up, and sacrifice him. I need you to kill him in human sacrifice so that, uh, you know, to show. And human sacrifice was, I wouldn't say common, but it wasn't exactly unknown in the Middle East in those days. Animal sacrifice was just the norm, completely, but human sacrifice was also not that uncommon. And in this case, the biblical God shows that, hey, you know, the other gods got all the human sacrifices. Was not me. The fuck, you know, do I count for less? So,
0: so but, his feelings are hurt over something, obviously.
1: Yeah. So it's like time to show me that you really mean it. That all these, oh please, God, dear God, these. It's not just when you're in time of need. You need to show me that you really believe.
0: Any word on how this god showed up this time? Was uh, it just a voice this time? Was he a, 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 a crow taking a shit? Or
1: No, they don't tell us. They're just saying that they are having a conversation, basically. It doesn't say how, you know, if god appears out of something or if it's a disembodied voice. Sound sounds like a disembodied voice more than anything. Sounds like schizophrenia. Well, you... Weep, please. Shit. Time to weep, Rich. <laughs>
0: Okay, God damn Oh, no.
1: More weeping. Jesus, man. What do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you, you know. (laughs) um, So Abraham hears this voice. God is telling him you got to kill your your kid. That's the way to go. And, um, And Abraham feels that, you know, I really love this kid. But hey, it's God commanding it and God is God, there's no fucking around so I have to do what needs to be done which means, okay Isaac, we're going for a road trip time to hit the road and do what needs to be done
0: he didn't tell Mama was going down at all, did he?
1: I'm guessing not so they go up, do their thing he lays on Isaac upon the altar took his knife in his hand and he's about ready to kill him And just as he's about, uh, by the way, the dialogue is disturbing. Like they go to offer the sacrifice and Isaac say, my father. And Abraham responded, here am I, my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Good question. And Abraham is like, "Let me think about that. He'd say, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. Now, it doesn't say the it's you part, but, you know, this dialogue is getting really weird as Isaac is like, we're doing a sacrifice, but I don't see what we're sacrificing. He's like, grab a mirror, my man. Cause wow. That's about to come. So, you know, he he bound Isaac, put him on the altar. is about ready to kill him. He lifts his knife to stab his son. And in that moment, the, an angel from God is sent saying, Abram, Abram, Abram. He's like, yeah sorry i'm kind of busy i'm here to kill my son i'm doing my thing and he's like uh, we're just testing you time to stop don't worry don't kill him it's all good now what if that angel got caught in traffic that would have been a problem but i guess only for Isaac. but um, i guess I could fix him yeah somehow and um and the thing is like okay okay we're just testing you not for real and you clearly pl- passed the test with flying colors you did a good job the, I believe one of the exact quotes was like now I know that you fear God and uh, so okay now we're square good job you know you can untie him and uh, everything will be fine
0: any chat on the way back down to the village
1: that would be really interesting I that's think the conversation entire, we want to hear entire books could be what's
0: up with you, you 90 old idiot motherfucker trying to stab me for no reason Yeah, there's... how dare you oh I'm getting a message right now daddy <laughs>
1: Now, that's the problem, that the whole faith business. This, by the way, is in all of Western religion, Judaism, Christianity, Islam. This is portrayed as a moment of, look what a godly man Abraham is, and his tremendous faith that is willing to sacrifice what's most dear to him in the name of God. That's what true faith looks like. I
0: don't get it at and all. And this
1: is supposed to be an example of sainthood. Now, let's try this again. Next time you hear disembodied voices telling you that you should kill people. Lithium. Yeah, and usually that's hospital asylum for the criminal insane. It's not that you become the key figure that all Western religions bow to and say, what an amazing example we have here.
0: I wonder how Isaac felt about the whole thing.
1: Well, again, yeah, the Bible don't really tell us. No so there's mention of plenty of that either. Of, uh, Hurt there's...
0: feelings. He, ru- he stole a lot of cars when he got like 13. Years. Yeah,
1: there's plenty of... Like, talk about some serious psychoanalytic like, session between Isaac and his therapists later on. It's like, you know, uh, my dad tied me up. I thought we were going to sacrifice a lamb, but instead he just lifted his knife. And then halfway through, he just stopped and that was not cool, man. Now what I if have he trust actually got issues. to saw the angel? Or if yeah. the angel
0: was just a figment of his faith as well? Yeah.
1: And in that moment, you know, eventually he, they see a lamb that's caught in a bush and they're like, well, tough luck for you. And so they grab the lamb and sacrifice the lamb.
0: Just kidding, kiddo. Yeah. Come on, let's go home.
1: Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it's like, if that's not disturbing, I don't know what disturbing is because it's like the ultimate example that today would be the most criminal insane act you can conceive of. Parent killing their own child or be willing. Smith. Right. Ready to kill their own kids because God told them so.
0: They put her in jail.
1: Yeah. Uh, life sentence, death penalty, the whole deal. No. Instead you are the role model for all of Western civilization for all of Western religions.
0: Well how's word get around? I mean, other than him bragging on himself when he wrote the chapter.
1: Yeah, maybe, you go know. go home. Hey, guess what I did today, everybody? Yeah, they were hanging at the tavern and saying, you know... Ca-
0: Do you know what faith I have?
1: Yeah, what kind of funny joke God played on me? First he told me to kill my son and I'm about to kill him and then he said, no, ha, he's, a, he's a, such a joker. He's was a wacky,
0: so, that wacky joker God. Yeah,
1: in any case. So, yeah, faith. Faith is what it's all about. The importance of faith. No comment.
0: How does that fit into the George Michael song? Oh, <laughs> my of
1: the day well let me tell you about a deep problem that was affecting my no not really all that deep i had the handyman kind of issue where my sliding door decided to no longer slide which is a bit of an issue because i don't really ask my sliding door to do all that much you know i could I don't go to my sliding door asking to solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I don't ask my sliding door to tend to the wounds of my inner child. I definitely don't ask my sliding door to invent new technologies that will reduce the likelihood of massive asteroids hitting the earth and thus causing the end of civilization as we know
0: it. But you probably would like it to open and close when you ask it to. That's really the only thing I ask
1: of my sliding door is to slide. So. If the motherfucker can't even do that, then we have a problem.
0: Hammer time!
1: A scientifically minded man may have approached this dilemma by investigating what may be obstructing the sliding door's motion, removing such such obstacle and fixing the issue.
0: That's a good plan.
1: But I decided to approach this by what seemed to me like a more sensitive course of action at the time.
0: Shake the fuck out of it!
1: Nope. I decided that sacrificing a bleating three-legged black goat that was born under a moonless night on the altar of Odin, waiting for an appropriate interval and trying again to slide the door, was, that go? was the way to go. Sure enough, slide it did. Praise Odin and the black three-legged goats that were born under moonless nights. So. That's how I suggest to solve all problems. Just make sure you have a steady supply of black 3 goats and all will be good.
0: Sacrificial goats.
1: Yes. After having said that, let's rant about um, <laughs> society's... Uh, I don't know. Something. Here is something that semi-bug me. Uh, bug me is a big word, but something that I do notice. Um, issues regarding public display of affection. Ooh. Which... I find, in this regard, American culture really fucking weird. And for that matter, not just American culture, because there are many cultures that have even way less than American culture when it comes to public display of affection. So American culture is probably within the range, but I come from Italy. I grew up in a very different kind of environment when it comes to public display of affection, and I tend to be a little more on the extreme end by Italian standards. So for me, being in the U.S. is really weird. It's like I find that most people don't really show a whole lot of affection with each other in public even like boyfriend girlfriend husband wife you know the number of times that i actually see them even fucking just holding hands is a miracle it's like most of the time i see people just walking along separately no never touching each other never when people hug each other is this kind of perfunctory tap 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 on the back get the fuck away from me kind of thing and it feels like why even do it come on this is not it seems really weird to me to go from 0% physical contact where it seemed like a bad thing and the only time when you do have physical contact is just full on sweaty grindy sex (laughs) I'm like
0: there's an in between there people
1: yeah that's a little weird man it's like how do you even enjoy the sex part if you're not comfortable with touching touching in a non-sexual way touching in a way just to express affection So I'm not saying, you know, the public display of affection is not a way to show off or to flaunt anything. It's about being natural. I think it's natural to just touch and kiss people you love throughout the day. And, you know, the thing that's interesting about it is is that I'm sure there are some out there, but I've never really run into a woman who's opposed to being hugged and touched and kissed if they like you that a lot of the showing physical affection throughout the day seems something that just about every woman I've been around was not opposed to. So I'm guessing it's more of a male thing than anything. It seems to me like more of a male hang-up than, uh, than a female thing in American culture. What do you think? Is it, uh, is, is it more... Is my gender reading of this old story semi-correct? Or
0: do you no, find that... No, man-hugging is... It's totally new. Even like the past five years is the first time I really see that. Much more out here in California. But right. They ain't hugging and
1: Not only with each other, yeah, there's crazy homophobia, so there's people are really uncomfortable about this kind of male hugging thing. But even a man and a woman, just in public, the fact of showing physical affection throughout the day, not as in, I'm touching you, So since I'm touching your shoulder, it means that you should strip naked now because we're about to have sex. No, it's more in in, uh, show affection physically throughout the day. There's nothing to do with sex.
0: I think you don't see a lot of it because people are so miserable. I think there are nice relationships going on, but I think a lot of folks have been together for a long time. They're just sick of each other because I am, you know. I still hold hands. I've been married for 20 uh-huh. years and I'll definitely pop her on the ass randomly as we make our way through the mall and things like that. I think that's all completely appropriate and if you got a problem with it, fucking Ch- get out of my way. But I do- <laughs> You know, come on, it's that whole Puritan thing that, that's, that's held on to these days. Yeah, because to me, it's like, that stuff is not even sexual, man. It's like, well, and why is the sex bad either? I yeah. mean, it's it's I'll never understand a country that you can show all the people with all the axes in their faces you possibly can in prime time, but you can't show one tit and, God forbid, you show a couple people getting it on. Holy smokes, we couldn't. What will the kids do?
1: No, and that I completely understand all the sexual hang-up. I get it and I agree with you. But I find even weird the other level when it's not... About, like, the fact that in most people's mind, any kind of physical affection equals sex, I'm like, that's just weird. You know, if you can't have physical affection as in purely hugging, cuddling, sitting there watching a movie in each other's arm, that's not fucking mean that... No, it's a complete, on, complete but...
0: misunderstanding, yeah, for sure. I think one thing that is kind of adorable that I see a lot just because there's a lot of teenagers around my house these days is when that boy and girl definitely first made their sort of connection and they probably haven't gone all the way yet. But that holding hands can be the greatest thing And the thing
1: is, it's probably still the greatest thing, even if you have been having sex upside down on top of the roof for a million years, because there's something so damn sweet about that physical connection that you can make when it's not about leading somewhere, it's not about being able to get off within a few minutes through. It's just about... There's something awesome about it, which incidentally, in case some of you guys are beginning to say, fuck all this, wish, you know, sensitive bullshit, cuddly stuff. Oh, am are
0: turning it up a notch, so don't even worry about that.
1: Let me, I do have a feeling that is the physicality of it is one of the reasons why there's a lot, a lot of women around the world who dig Italian men, which have always been a puzzle to me because I, you know, growing up around Italian men, I wasn't all that impressed. I was like, why would anybody like these motherfuckers? You know, it's like. But then one thing that I do realize is that most Italian guys are pretty damn comfortable showing affection to their girlfriends and their wives on an absolutely regular basis throughout the day, not only as uh, we're gonna have sex now, but as in uh, just how it is. And I think it feels good. I think a lot of women dig it. They enjoy the attention, they enjoy the affection that's expressed throughout the day. In well, a without worrying ways. about their
0: panties getting ripped off yeah, in exactly, next
1: 10 Exactly. exactly. Whereas, like, sometimes it's just... It's like getting a massage, you know. So many people are weird about getting a massage because it's like they think he's, somebody's touching me. It must be sexual. You know, that's why a million people, like... I've seen so many guys who would refuse to ever get a massage from a man.
0: They have stronger hands. They
1: can only have a massage from a woman. I'm like, why the fuck do you need a massage... I don't give a fuck who's massaging me. As long as they are good at massaging, that's all counts. You know, it's like I'm not having sex with them. I don't need to be attracted to them. I'm getting a massage. But somehow it's, it's touching. So it must be... Uh, I don't
0: know, man. That's hard to explain. I mean, I've been lucky enough. I've married a long time. we have married over 20 years at this point. And one thing we've noticed is at bedtime, our feet almost have minds of their own that they love to snuggle up and they just end up finding their way together. And it's that's nothing sexual at no. all. It's just two people that have for a long time shared a space and we're so comfortable that we might even be in a fight but our feet won't fight (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious whatever the fuck's wrong up there y'all shut up we need to need our snuggle pal over here that's pretty funny it's not comfortable unless we sort of get that connection before bedtime
1: agreed it's uh i even see that's like kindergarten with isabella like i see how she she likes to hug her friends but you know everybody all the kids hug each other and that's sweet but most of them are internalizing already this hug last one second. Okay, I wrap my arms around you, now break away, and now we go our separate ways. And Isabella will often, if she's happy to see somebody, she'll give them this big hug and hold on to them for like five seconds, and regularly you can see that most kids are uncomfortable, like, why are you still holding me? We hug for a second, that second is over, it's three seconds in, it's too much. And I think it goes back to probably they don't get that much of hugs from their parents. I'm sure it is. They, I mean, I see that just about every damn day going to taking her to school. I see hardly ever do I see parents that are giving big hugs to their kids or ho- even holding hands. No, now, holding is, hands a little they, bit. No,
0: that's un- unacceptable.
1: And so I'm like, then no wonder, you know, Isabella is used to getting hugged by everybody all the time. With me, with Savannah, with her grandma, with everybody. will just let her feel a lot of love like that constantly and so when she hugs somebody she really hugs them and i see a lot of people are weirded out they can get mad because it's a kid but they are they are clearly uncomfortable with any hug that's more than a perfunctory two second we can say we hugged now can we move on but it's actually a real hug i find it uh any any society that's hostile to cuddling is not a good society
0: well uh, you said it and i'm not denying it i think we do have an ill society man between
1: so here is some i yeah you we do and i think that's some homework right there that we can just try spending more days with people you love showing more physical affection through the day spending more time it's its own reward Hug longer. Yeah, man. It feels good. It's relaxed already. What is that you have to do that's more important than hugging somebody you love?
0: It was making me think of this funny thing I saw that they were tracking how much freedom children had through the generations.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And where great-grandpa could go five miles without his family having any idea where he's going. These kids today can't even go two blocks up the street without people being in a panic attack. Or worse yet, having some fucker call in that your children are being, you know, yep. mishandled because they got to go three blocks up the street by themselves. Yep. And it was like, I know when I was a kid, and you're talking the 70s, mm-hmm. when there was no war going on for one of the few instances in our American Six cultures. Six months period, right. Well, we had a big one, you know. It was like 74 till Gulf War, the mini Gulf War, till right. 92. It was the longest non-war moment that the country's had. I think we've been out of war 38 years out of 206, yeah, yeah, it's whatever it is. Yeah. Pathetic. Um, but even back then, you'd get up, jump on your bikes, get your clutch of friends, and we would be gone yep. until Be Home when the Streetlights come on. Right. And we could go miles. We kind of lived out in the country in upstate New York then, and it was like wherever we wanted, wherever. The adventure went as far as we could dream it because they knew we couldn't get that far on our bikes anyway. Nobody, I don't want to say they didn't care, but they weren't worried. Unless, maybe that's what you find out. Mom, you're trying to get rid of me. Well, but I guess it's a possibility as well, but I never felt that. And I just wonder if there's something inverse to the hugs versus the fear. The fear. Yeah, could be. Could very well be. And I'm sure there's a lot of, oh, don't be hugging anybody because of the, oh, what if that child is a monster or something? Yeah,
1: I I hate that shit. I'm like to me is uh, and again it shouldn't be fake you know you don't hug everybody it's like no i don't like you i don't want to hug you you know I but as a general rule you know for people that you do like showing physical affection forget showing it's not about what they mentally think that oh this man they are showing me affection feeling it you know just where it's an exchange of energy is awesome it's great and yes glorious uh uh sexual marathons are great. That's a different kind of touching and that's fine. It's good on its own. Not all touching is about sex.
0: And I don't think you can get the good hot sex kind going correctly if you can't do the simple stuff.
1: That's what I think too. I that's think you why just to ram
0: it in, beat on oh, would you like that bitch, you know?
1: And that by the way, that was very good uh, rendering right there.
0: It's disturbing, wasn't but it?
1: I think that's how it is. And again I think he's this is what I'm hearing because obviously I don't have direct uh, sexual experience of Italian men. I'm like, kind of thankful to be lacking in that department because that would not do it for me. But uh, that's one of the things, the, the classic stereotypes that I hear from a lot of women is about like, oh yeah, that dude that I had a fling with in Italy was just, he wasn't just about get in, got out, got it done, got off. He was about this whole other physical thing where sex was so much better as a result of everything else going around it. And I'm like, yeah, how else do you do
0: it, man? I that's, don't know, fellas, but if you're, if you're even bothering trying to get off before she has, just quit. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. retire. Yeah, Because there's no need for it. You need to try. You're a ridiculous embarrassment, and perhaps you should have your cock removed because that's now, not how it works.
1: No, there are some serious uh, exercises you can do in case it's not a wanting thing.
0: It's just that, oh God, I can't hold it anymore. And that's a whole, and you know, even if that happened, you could probably laugh it off and continue to operate on her to get her... Right. properly satiated. That's one of the options. There's also Not th- to get mad about and storm off, or how dare you be so hot, you know, or whatever it could possibly. be. I have no idea about that.
1: Also, if you are really close to it, I think that I find that thinking about George W. Bush giving a speech that will usually lower two notches down your level of excitement. Uh, so grandma would, taking
0: a shit's a popular one.
1: Yeah, that's a little too much. That may be reduced. Oh, you might sway yeah, all other exactly. Way. So I'd say just middle of the road, you know. Or I don't know. I Both love of those.
0: Are equally horrible.
1: I find math amazing, suddenly when it's like, okay, 237 multiplied by 3 minus 54, let me think about that through Turn and that, like, a little bit. and suddenly you have, like, multiple orgasm on the other hand while you're doing math. It's it's an excellent skill to well, master.
0: you see, the numbers are crazy that, like, it's like a huge percentage of women
1: cannot come. Of course. Of course. And uh, partially it's them because they have never been taught to be comfortable with their bodies partially is their partners sucking bad and it's terrible but um yeah on the mental math thing as an exercise i'm horrible at math that's the only thing you can tell me any number in the universe and i'll pull it up in my head in no time because i have plenty of practice in that (laughs) department so yeah math (laughs) in my head is not a problem
0: all right countdown three two one cool the wild thing yourself sing it away she's indeed a wild thing and um, she's all dressed up for, for Duncan's show she looked lovely
1: yeah, yeah we did um, we did a show with Duncan Trussell in um, uh, Hollywood Improv Correct. and um, I forgot fucking American laws you cannot bring a kid to a place where they bring al- they serve alcohol and I had no babysitter so of course we had to scramble at the last second stuffing her in the green room while, pretty fancy uh, green room
0: a lot of cool people have been in that green
1: room yeah and uh, you know there was uh at least somebody could be with her and i can in the
0: ass i no, forgot i can't have a baby our... in a bar It's you know
1: in italy you fucking go to drink with babies in your arms you don't they don't drink but you can
0: i'm not saying it makes any sense you know you can advertise beer to babies all day hate long. This shit.
1: in any case Let's go into something that's not going to make me angry. Okay. Well, this actually should make me angry, but it's actually funny. This happened just two days ago. Isabella just blatantly... Actually, not blatantly at all. In an extremely skillful way, she just lied to me. Ooh. She did it so well.
0: It has begun.
1: It was a combination of pride and anger that I couldn't quite figure out what the right balance was.
0: That's a tough one.
1: She, um... It's close to her bedtime and she's eating this Ricola for those of you guys who don't know Ricola. is this, uh, Ricola! Exactly. Made with Swiss herbs from the mountains and it's kind of a throat lozenge but it's also, it tastes really good. So it's, uh, she had a little bit of a cold so she popped one and she was eating it. and I was like, "Hey, you need to finish it quick because we're going to brush our teeth in two minutes so you need to be ready. A minute later she goes, oh, I finished it. And I'm like, That's kind of unusual because she takes forever on any of those things, but well, okay, good then. So we go, brushed it, Um, uh, she's been doing her stuff, and I see that then afterwards she's still holding on to a piece of toilet paper, so I'm like, maybe why don't you throw that in, you know, just throw it away, and she's like, oh no, you know, because I have a bit of a cold, so I'm thinking I may need it during the night, so I'll keep it close to my bed, and I'm like. Yeah, that made perfect sense. Perfect that sense. seems completely legit. Some
0: excellent planning there.
1: And then I put her in bed, and I see that she has a recall in her fucking mouth, and I'm like, Iz, what the... F- I just told you, you know, what... And then I realized, that's what the damn toilet paper was about. She took it out of her mouth, hid it in the toilet paper, and then puffed it back in when... And part of me was in pure and complete admiration because this was a ninja lie. It wasn't a little (laughs) bullshit. uh, Oh, clearly, you know, she sold it so well that she had me completely. You know, I bought it in every way. And so on one hand, I had deep admiration. I'm like, you're becoming a ninja. This is excellent. Even because I'm not one of those people who thinks that you should never, ever lie. I think that it's fucked up if you lie to your friends. I think it's fucked up. Oh, your papa? Yeah, it's fucked up if you lie to anybody who gives you their trust and they trust trust you, you trust them. That's bad to lie. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are, no, there are plenty of people who are not friends out there in the world and they have no position to becoming extremely skillful in the art of twisting the truth around to make sure they don't bust you. <laughs> so part of me was like, you are an artist, I love it, this is great. And part of me was like, don't lie to your papa. Yeah, is, yes, what the fuck. It's me. You don't need to lie to me. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just the reason why you shouldn't eat a recall is because after you brush your teeth, if you put sugar in your mouth again, it's gonna be bad for you, and you don't want to go to the freaking dentist again and all of that. So it's like oh, we're w- we're in it together here. You don't need to lie to me.
0: What was her um? What was her take on that?
1: She felt horrible. Excellent, because she felt like. God, what have I done? Kind of like, I betrayed you type of thing she started crying. There you go. And I'm like, no, that's not what I meant either, you know. So it was like, it was a very delicate balance between expressing my pride in her skill at the same time making the point, at the same time trying not to make her feel too horrendously bad. So it was an interesting... Um... And speaking of crying, after the show with Duncan, I don't know what happened. It wasn't the show itself. It was probably some... I think I was a mad to begin with before the show. I had some...
0: Yeah. You, look, you look pretty sour when you went up on stage. Oh, did I? Oh, yeah. How so? Just sort of... Mm.
1: That's kind of how I felt. And it got even worse afterwards. The next day, I was just... Like 10,000 things have happened. None of them were a big deal, but they were all extremely annoying. And so I was pissed. I wasn't just in funky mode. And I, and I knew it. And I did not want to do the work needed to get back to a decent mode. It was like I was holding on to my pissed off mode, which is funny because I've been in a relatively good mood overall. But that one day I was like, no, I am mad and nothing. I'm not going to do anything to feel any better. I want to stay mad and be... Which is like, yeah, good job, Daniela. That's Jake's really smart not going to
0: like that at all.
1: Yeah, that's one of our guests for our future episodes. Coming so. soon. The um, so one of the things that happened was, uh, I was just holding on to my anger. I kept being pissed into the next day and I was all angry and annoying and whatever. And at one point, um, you know, Iz was helping me around the garden. We were watering plants and stuff and she wanted to do a lot of stuff. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know, help me out. Oh, great. She opened the water and just sprayed herself from head to toe in water. And I was like, now I have to change your clothes. Now it, and I yelled at her. And I was just like... And again, because a five-year-old just um, got a bunch of water on herself. Yelled at, that. yelled at her and made her cry. At that point, I obviously felt like... Oh, Daniele, the worst human on Earth, is back. Here we go again. I felt like, you're such an asshole. You're such an asshole because your decision to... I want to hold on to my pissed-off mood... Is not just making you miserable and you're stupid because you could snap out of it and you know what to do, is also now leading to the fact that you are just throwing a bunch of crappy energy on a five-year-old and making her cry because you don't have the guts to make the change and just snap out of it. So that snapped me out of it. At that point, I was (laughs) like, my anger, bad mood, whatever, was done and over with. I apologized to her because she had no fault and it was just me being an asshole she was so sweet to me that as she was still kind of with teary eyed, she was like all concerned about how I felt, which then I, again, three times more of an asshole. So then I started getting all teary eyed and stuff.
0: She's working. it so just So
1: we had our own, uh, hugging teary session. And then that put me straight. And, you know, I changed my mood immediately after that. I was like, all good, all happy, la 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 unicorns and rainbows. Cause I was like, no, this bullshit cannot stand. You know, it's okay if you're just doing it to yourself. Hey, be my guest. If you want to spend the day miserable, do it. But once you start taking it out on other people, people who have no fault whatsoever, then you're an asshole and that just cannot be.
0: No, so, my wife delights in calling me out. I'm like, just because you're in a shitty mood doesn't mean you're going to ruin everybody else's day. Which so, is totally politely true. Politely fuck off. But
1: that's absolutely true and that's how it should yeah. be. Oh, right? good to have. So,
0: yeah. It's not bad to be put into check every once in a while.
1: No, now Speaking of put into check, this is a, this is an interesting uh, Isabella moment on this. You know, I have the slide dub that I may have thrown it out there before, but I reviewed religiously all the episode notes and did not find it. So if I'm telling the same story twice, feel free to digitally punch me through email or no, something. No, 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 no. It's
0: 64. But. You know, you're allowed to, you can have a repeat. It's okay.
1: Okay. So let's try this one. I don't think we said it, but, you know, and I swear as a preface to this, I swear that Isabella is a very sweet and very nice person. But occasionally, you know, it starts out in a really sweet, tender way. She was missing me a lot and she wanted me to go to work. And she's like i want to just pour glue on myself and i glue myself to you so that no i never apart and you know these kind of crazy five-year-old sweet things and i was like you know always stay home with me and i'm like sweet you have no idea i stay home actually with you a lot compared to most others you have no idea i do anytime i can but once in a while i have to work why do you need to work well need to make money, I need to pay for our home I need to make it for your toys, I need to pay for food I need to pay you know, a bunch of stuff so he's meditating upon this difficult dilemma for a few seconds and then the solution clearly popped in her mind because she brightened up and her comment was kill your boss, steal their money and stay home with me I was like okay, I think that's Uh, there's a certain logic to it in a a sweet way, but you know, it started from, oh, I don't want to miss my dad, but the solution was kill your boss, steal steal their money and stay home with me.
0: That's how Bonnie and Clyde started it.
1: I know. I was like hmm, this is interesting good problem solving skills there's a little bit of a (laughs) but, I don't know, in any case, so that was his and, um, okay, last of the Isabella moments, there's a back a couple of months ago, I think, the last uh, UFC where Ronda Rousey was fighting, we started watching Ronda Rousey highlights, and these found her new role model. She was like, she loved Ronda Rousey. She just couldn't talk about anything else. She was all about... And then I started telling her a little bit about Ronda's life story, and Rousey had a really shitty, early upbringing kind of life. She She was born with their umbilical cord wrapped around her neck in such a way that severely starved her of oxygen so that she couldn't really put words together until she was like five six years old wow um so she was not speaking for the longest time she uh while playing with her, at her i think it was while playing if i remember um her dad had an accident that crashed his spine and then eventually ended up killing himself so you know it's heavy stuff right and uh and so Isabella on one end, was like in deep admiration of ronda's tough uh um you know ufc fighter tough martial arts skill i mean if you guys have never seen ronda rousey she's a, amazing how good she is she's the only woman i've ever seen that i give myself zero chance of winning like i see her fighting and i'm like yeah, I would lose a 100 times out of 100. There's just most, even really good fighters. I'm like, eh, I give myself a shot in that. I see a hole in the game there. I could do this and that. Maybe not a great shot sometimes, but Ronda, there's just like, she's too good. She's just insanely too good. And um, so, on one end, Isabella was in deep admiration of Ronda's skills. And on the other end, she was having this tender hearted, like, I want to meet Ronda Rousey because I want to give her a hug you know she was feeling bad about the rough life that ronda had and so was uh and of course when we saw the beginning and we see ronda walk up to the cage to bad repute to the song bad reputation which is one of isabella's all-time favorites and uh, then she was completely in love it was, cemented yeah he was like ronda is it so
0: what do you think about her watching two ladies beat the shitty out of each other
1: well, I mean, in Ronda Rousey's fight... That last song, she yeah. gets in a
0: lock and it's done. It yeah.
1: lasts about 14 seconds yeah. with somebody trying to throw somebody else and Ronda are blocking them. So there's not really not a whole lot that happens. It's not like this big, big protracted blood fest of... Uh, Knees his, to the uh, face no, a whole bit. It's, no, that's uh,
0: true. I just... She is pretty little.
1: Yeah, she is. She does not seem exceedingly disturbed by that kind of stuff she did mm. go
0: beat the shit out of her teddy bears afterwards
1: no or? no 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 it's that in that regard we have our part of our breaks when she watched too much TV and she wants to watch more and I'm like oh baby at some time like one of the conditions is okay I need to see a good jab a good cross and now you have to do to judo throw me so she has to review, because, you know, kids have the attention span of a fly, so putting them in a class where they spend two hours, it's like, good luck, they are not going to learn a whole <laughs> lot. But in micro doses like that, where it's like, okay, you give me four minutes of martial arts right now, here is how you throw a jab, here is how you throw a cross, here is how you do a judo throw, let's review those over and over and over, four minutes today, four minutes tomorrow, that she's cool with, And uh, and man, does she have a cross. She hit me with a few that I was like,
0: damn, that's
1: you're getting the hip movement down, you're throwing your body, there's none of the girly, you know, slapping thing, they're just good body dynamics. So yeah, I'm sorry. She's a barbarian and so am I, and I think that's part of the deal. I the point is she's a sweet barbarian. Yeah. So that's as long as she's a sweet barbarian, I have no problem with her barbarian side. If she wasn't sweet, then there would be an issue.
0: There we have it. Easy time.
1: Indeed. I have a dream
0: today. <laughs> <laughs> and now we cross the for a visit into Bileli's dream time. Dream time. Dream time. Dream time.
1: Dream. 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 Here we are. Boom boom boom.
0: Mr. Sandman. Yep. Dream. dream
1: there are so many... Can you imagine how many songs are there with the word Dream in the title? Dream. There's dream, that.
0: Dream, dream,
1: dream. Yeah, a few. I love all the 1950s happy, stupid songs that are... Those are great. I was thinking in this moment about Still Raining, Still Dreaming by Jimi Hendrix. That's a good one. I'm in a big... I mean, I'm always in a Hendrix period, but particularly now, I'm in an extra Hendrix period, so it's... Uh,
0: Sting had a Dream of the Blue Turtle... What the hell? I think that was his first solo record.
1: Really? Yeah. Is it in the title, though,
0: the dream? I Otherwise, I don't it doesn't think count. it was a song. It may have just been a time. Maybe it was. It's been a long time. That was. Yeah. It was the 80s, man.
1: <laughs> so this is a dream that I would have never remembered had it not been for the fact that it was 3 a.m. and a pack of coyotes starting howling outside my window, probably because they caught something. They were parting about the food they were about to have. But you know, just like probably 20 yards from my my window, there's all these coyotes going. Oh, <laughs> bow, bow,
0: bow, bow. They make these
1: weird. No, they <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah, they are more yapping sound than they are howling. They, they They do howl though. They do sound kind of almost like a crying baby sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they have this. Uh, yeah, it's weird. And so they woke me up in the middle. By the way, this was interesting. The first time I moved into my house, when my house was not really ready, there was no power hooked up or anything, but there was, you know, the physical structure was there. The bed was in there. So I slept in there, and the first night, the same thing happened, 3 a.m., coyote howling under my window. I woke up going like, what the fuck is
0: this? You, it's pretty weird. You built it on an Indian graveside, son.
1: Yeah, but then you get used to it after a while. The coyotes don't bug me. A lot of people are all pissed off about, you know, I've seen a bunch of people who, like, regularly go coyote hunting and do all this shit. I'm like, it's a fucking coyote. Yeah, of course it's going to eat your pet if you're dumb enough to leave your pet outside when there's uh, coyotes around don't live in a wild area then. Live in a freaking urban area and you won't have that problem. But yeah. if you push into the hills, it's their habitat. What do you expect?
0: No, it's always crazy whether it's a bobcat or a bear or a coyote when people are like shocked that deep in canyon country, yeah. this bear decided to take a swim and most likely a shit in your swimming pool. Right. Come I thought, on, people. No, I know. It's like... I don't know. I don't get it. That's
1: why... But don't be stupid. You know, it's like if I go... I'm never going to leave Isabella playing outside by herself because she's little. You know, whereas a coyote to an adult would be no big deal. To a little kid, it is a big deal. Did I tell you the coyote story with... Did we ever went into a coyote story with uh, my mom and her dog?
0: Yes, when she picked it up and had to beat the coyote?
1: Kind of, like us. Uh, so, did... so
0: she grabbed up the dog and was...
1: No, 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 Then is... Uh, did we use it on the podcast?
0: That does sound familiar.
1: It could be, so I'll shut up.
0: But now you've mentioned it. You do the quick truncated version.
1: The quick want. super version. Those of you guys who may have missed it in case. Today's senility episode, by the way, because I keep thinking of stories that I'm like, did we ever use this or no? So, again, sorry if it is a second for you. Just fast forward the next 17 seconds because I'll make it quick.
0: There we
1: go. But basically, yeah, my mom was going for a walk with her dog, um, and she sees ahead of her, like a couple of blocks ahead she sees this uh, girl about 10 years old who's walking a little chihuahua and um, and she sees maybe a few yards behind this little girl there's a coyote clearly stalking them who's going to 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 and so my mom from the other side of the street she yells at this little girl saying hey watch behind you you know and the girl turns see the coyote she freaks she grabs her chihuahua up in her arms and the coyote doesn't give a fuck he's still stalking them you know he's still going after them so at that point my mom let her dog go and um, the dog is a pretty sizable dog is a mix we have no idea because it's a rescue dog but it's likely probably a mix of German Shepherd and Akita or something like that that
0: sounds like it can handle a coyote
1: And he just took off after the coyote. The coyote just took off running for his life. And then, uh, you know, once he chased him away, the dog turned around. And before going back to my mom, he just stopped to the where the little girl with her chihuahua was. She just kind of looked up and licked the chihuahua in the most protective gesture ever was kind of like don't worry little guy i took care of it don't you so after that we had uh, i think we bought a steak for the dog and just gave him a steak because nice. he, he earned it he was like okay you know you, you earned top-notch food after this
0: when you protect the you tribe you did and do a good job
1: yeah he was uh we called him the hero dog for two weeks because it was <laughs> uh it's pretty badass that's awesome in any case, that was a bit of a tangent, and it's actually going to be way longer than my dream, because the whole dream was just a vague, f- it was more of a, f- I was dreaming it, but it was a flashback from something that actually did happen, and this was, it happened rather often to me, that sometimes I dream some stuff that actually did happen, I'm just kind of relieving it in a way. This one was, um, was interesting, I was in grad school at UCLA, I was in American Indian Studies, And, you know, small graduate school seminar, 10, 15 people, something like that. And uh, I forgot what I said, but it was kind of something highly emotional. It was connected. I think I was talking about the James Weddell story. And I got all choked up, and it was, you know, highly emotional, this whole thing. And and when the class ended, there were these two native ladies. One was uh, Pueblo, and one was, uh, she was from the Diné tribe or Navajo. They both got up, and they came up to me, they they both came shaking hands and they handed me a dollar, which I thought was the weirdest thing in the world. In some weird, odd way, I kind of understood it. It was sort of this thing of like giving you something that's more symbolic than anything for you kind of, oh, you put your, you went balls out, you did something kind of gutsy being very, you know, bearing your emotion. And so it's a way to say both thank you and to appreciate the gesture but you do it in like with a doll. It's funny, right? There's something I didn't really try to read too much into it or interpret it. I just thought it was bizarre. Does not, you know, I can't think of too many other ways that somebody came to shake my hands and give me a dollar for something I just did. It was There was something culturally intriguing in all that. Especially, it's a US dollar, unbelievable. Yeah, a whole, no, but it was, it was the sweetest thing. I felt very, even though I didn't fully understand it, I felt very like, this is awesome. I dig this. This
0: is an extremely nice gesture. Now, had the you telling the story in the class, that that actually happened? Was that an occurrence or was that whole
1: No, thing? no, that was all All of this was real. All of this thing is stuff that actually happened that I was just kind of flashbacking and remembering in my dream and I have no idea why because I hadn't really thought about it for like over a decade so it's not something that ever popped in my brain but for whatever reason it not only popped in my brain but it popped in my sleeping brain and I was going through it and probably would have never remembered if it wasn't for the fact of the coyotes howling waking me in the middle of the night because I was sleeping pretty deep but there you go that's uh, the dollar give maybe you guys should try it you should freak people out next time somebody does something really that you like that you appreciate just don't say a word just go shake their hands give them a dollar and walk away tip them yeah that would be interesting
0: (laughs) all right coyotes well, it's story time, everybody, brought to you by your friends at Sure Design T-shirts. Making happy nipples for a happy planet with awesome designs, including the cool hemp designs that are just rocking the planet. Uh, the, the, what is it, the, the Durbin Poison is a pretty cool one. There
1: are so many glorious ones. There's, uh,. Yeah, there's a whole bunch there's um, all the
0: Aztec ones uh, the Mexicani ones are very cool
1: Savannah did some for him uh, she did a design for for Bennett for some stuff and has it made uh, it
0: to his shirt yet? yeah
1: yeah yeah oh, that's it's, cool uh, it's called The Mind of M uh, that's very what nice. uh, um, Bennett called it. No, and there's glorious stuff, as usual. It's I can't even say enough good stuff about short design. Well, and way. it looks
0: like I saw an email the other day where they're going to do where you can get your own artwork printed. Really? I did not see that. Just recently. It was like a couple of days ago. I didn't huh. read it all together, but they'll it, even do one-offs. That's awesome. So you send the design, and they'll back it on a T-shirt for you.
1: Yeah, actually, I never brought it up, and I can't believe that because that's really stupid, but obviously, if you any of you guys ever need to do T-shirts for work, for schools, for friends, for whatever, just shoot Bennett an email and see what kind of deal he can give you, because it's entirely possible that even with uh, international expedition, it may be cheaper, it's certainly awesome quality, and find out about the prices, and you can, you know, just check with Bennett the is, shirts were
0: fantastic and some lucky folks got some at the live show the other day
1: yes indeed the um, yeah no because we got the new the, the Nietzsche shirts are ready to roll we got everything back in stock the um, the Nietzsche shirts are there the original logo are there the Dionysian parade the whole deal so couple of you guys who have ordered the Nietzsche shirts and never gave me um, a size, and I keep emailing you and I say, what's the size? And I don't get a reply.
0: Excel, here yeah. comes.
1: I love to send you a shirt, but I kind of need to hear back from you. So if you haven't seen it, you might want to touch base with me. Uh, other than that, let's get into a story that's, how do you call it? Tragic? It's a strange story, to say the least. It involves a Japanese man named... Tsutomu Yamaguchi Tsutomo Yamaguchi has uh, the dubious of honor of being the, well, actually let me tell the story that uh, tells you what the dubious honor is but Mr. Yamaguchi was uh, alive and well in the middle of World War II, because he, um, he was born in 1916, and he was working for uh, Mitsubishi Industries at the time, and he was not a big fan of the war, unlike many of his more nationalistic counterparts. Yamaguchi felt that Japan should have never got into this war, he was kind of bullshit, he didn't think much of it. But in the meantime, he's doing his thing, just uh, working for Mitsubishi. And they send him on a business trip in 1945. Can you um, take a guess of where does he get sent in 1945? To be exact in August 1945, where do they send him?
0: I would hope it wouldn't be Hiroshima or Nagasaki.
1: It happens to be Hiroshima. He's there on business. When, all of a sudden, on, on August 6th, he sees this plane flying by, the Enola Gay. Nothing, not gay in a homosexual way or in a joyous kind of way, more in as will drop you and obliterate you kind of way. And the American plane shows up, drop atomic bombs, the whole thing goes kaboom, and uh, he will survive this. You know, he le- he loses his earring, he uh, he will have some pretty major uh, physical effects, but he survives it. You know, he's like, and because he's Japanese. And uh, again, this may be slightly stereotyping, but again, I've met enough Japanese people to know that sometimes there's truth to stereotypes.
0: Go back to work. Jesus,
1: day. the work ethics are intense. Yeah. So by August 9th, three days later, he's back at work in his hometown.
0: Of Nagasaki.
1: You're very skilled. I can see you see where this is going.
0: That's kind of how my luck rolls sometimes.
1: So, three days later, he's there describing to a colleague what the explosion in Hiroshima was like. It
0: was big and loud and... You know, there's... (coughs) there's Kind of like that, over there.
1: A plane just like that came, and just like that one you see over there, they dropped that thing and... Oh, oh, oh. Boom. Bomb number two. That's some bad luck right there. He survives bomb number two.
0: Well, at least he knows to be out of the kill zone,
1: yeah, so he has the dubious honor of being I don't know if he's the only person, but likely the only who managed to survive two nuclear bombs in three days. um
0: that but, would make him the record holder for now,
1: yeah. He will have some obvious physical issues from there on. You know, he lost uh, part of his earring. He
0: gets nervous when planes fly over.
1: Yeah, he, he said uh his daughter was saying that every time, like for the longest time, he remembered him like wrapped in bandages and stuff because uh, he had, you know, he lost all his hair for a while. Then he started getting it back later. He, but all in all, for having been through two atomic bombs, he was actually doing fairly good. Because he did uh, the dude end up living until he was uh, ninety three I want to say wow. ninety three years old and yes he dies of stomach cancer, but he dies at ninety three that's some serious I mean talk about a survivor you know somebody who can get through two atomic bombs and they still don't bring him down and he lives until a very respectable old age Wow, that's pretty intense.
0: I wonder if the business trips were of any use. Did he strike a big deal before he got blown up? Or?
1: You would hope, right? I would hope it said everything
0: till he was 93.
1: At, at the very least, but uh, I mean, yeah, this story is nuts. Two atomic bombs in uh, from August 6th to August 9th. You got caught in both of them. You have uh, the... Um, you survive both of them. You live until they're 93 so. years you, old. You are kind of against the war, so you don't give a fuck anyway. And you get bombed with two atomic bombs because the japanese government and the american governments have issues with each other and so you are the one who got bombed twice can you imagine it
0: thanksgiving how tired everybody was to hear that fucking story every year. (laughs) yeah of course oh no no nobody said no it's like no here he goes again i remember it was a very lovely day and here comes the plane
1: (laughs) but i mean that is the worst deal i mean i don't know about the worst deal ever but pretty close that's really bad he needless to say does not have the highest opinion of nuclear weapons uh he argued he became a big uh, time voice for nuclear disarmament and just getting rid of nuclear weapons and so on and so forth but um yeah man about uh, There was a bit of a controversy with uh, BBC, they did a documentary, and they kind of made a joke of the whole nuclear thing, was, and he didn't take it too well. Many people in Japan didn't take it too well. So, but, uh, but yeah man, that's a wild tale. Both of incredible bad luck, and at the same time of incredible human resilience and survival. So there you go, Mr. Tsutomu Yamaguchi. Minus one right minute. The airplane is up
0: over our shoulders. It is a bright silver spot in the sky. I'm going to look away and then I'll find it again. 30
1: there, I got
0: seconds.
1: Him. I got him. John sees it. 25, 25 seconds. Look away and then look back and you'll see it easy. Twenty seconds.
0: Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. There it, there it goes, the rocket is gone. We felt a heat pulse, a very bright
1: light. A fireball. It is red. The sky looks black about it.
0: It is boiling above us there. It is rapidly... Uh, color? There is the ground wave. It is over, folks. It will happen. The mounds are vibrating. It is tremendous. Directly above our heads. It went. It went. It went. It went. It went. Ah. Ha! <laughs> boy I hate to there's a huge fire The rounds are still echoing oh, through here. <laughs> Wasn't that a perfect perfect shot? Well, it's time to put the asbestos gloves on and reach deep into the digital mailbag to see what's going on, what the questions are from you, the fine listeners. What you got today? We got Mark
1: Strozier or something like that who asked a question about authenticity, about kind of what does it mean to be authentic? What does it mean for a person to... How does somebody become, you know, all of the variation on the above regarding authenticity? And I really want to... I want to turn to the master himself, Mr. Tom Robbins, greatest novelist in the history of ever since anybody ever began to utter words and grants. Tom has it, he's the master storyteller by by definition. Here is how Tom answered this question in one of my all-time favorite novels, Still Life with Woodpecker. Great title, by the way. Still Life with Woodpecker. Begin, this is a semi-lenty quote, so bear with me, but it's one of the coolest quotes ever. It's, uh, it's a life philosophy it's wrapped in a quote.
0: I'm just wondering if it's going to be the princess or is it going to be the, uh, the bomber?
1: This is neither, because it's not somebody speaking. It's Tom kind of musing. It's clearly inside the princess head, and these are sort of her thoughts, because she's thinking about uh, our outlaw here of the story. And, uh, and this is what the musings that she come up with that relate very much to Mark's questions about authenticity how can one person be more real than any other? well, some people do hide and others seek maybe those who are in hiding, escaping encounters avoiding surprises, protecting their property ignoring their fantasies, restricting their feelings sitting out at the panpipe, uchi of experience Maybe those people, people who won't talk to rednecks, or if they are rednecks, won't talk to intellectuals, people who are afraid to get their shoes muddy or their noses wet, afraid to eat what they crave, afraid to drink Mexican water, afraid to beat to bet a long shot to win, afraid to hitchhike, hike, jaywalk, honky tonk, cogitate, oscillate, levitate, rock it, bop it, socket, it, or bark at the moon. Maybe such people are simply inauthentic. And maybe the jacklet humanist who says differently is due to have his tongue fried on the hot slabs of liar's hell some folks hide and some folks seek and seeking when it's mindless neurotic desperate or pusillanimous, can be a form of hiding but there are folks who want to know and aren't afraid to look and one turn tail should they find it and if they never do they'll have a good time anyway because nothing Neither the terrible truth nor the absence of it is going to cheat them out of the honest breath of Earth's sweet gas. Tom Robbins, what can you say? He's great. The whole rap about, you know, the... Afraid to eat what they crave, afraid to drink Mexican water, afraid to bat a long shot to win, afraid to chike, jaywalk, honky-tonk, cogitate, osculate, levitate, rocket, pop it, sock it, or bark at the moon. He's it's a it's fucking genius. Is uh I don't know, man. I love Tom, and I dig this idea—the idea that uh, there is a way to live life that's more that is more authentic than others. That here there is a way to live life that is more where you put your heart on the line, where you put your sort of you put everything you got on the line. And there's a way that just going through the motion and live by inertia. There is the kind of Delphi Oracle advice—the know yourself the willingness to really look into your own experience and find out and taste it to the fullest versus the kind of uh, just go through the motion, hide along the way, you know, make sure you have uh, two and a half kids, a white picket fence house, a cat and a dog, and, you know, sort of the unquestioned life. There's a big difference. They are not one and the same. And in my mind, when you are around certain individuals, you feel who's a real human being and who's somebody who's just taking up space and oxygen. There's a big difference there in the degree of presence in the you can hear it in people's voices. You can see it in their demeanor. You can it's something that when you have it you carry it with you in everything you do. And uh needless to say, those are the humans that I'm quite intrigued with.
0: Sounds a lot like the Kung Fu description.
1: Indeed. It really is. And for those of you guys who are missing this precious reference, A read on the Warriors Path. B check out the Mike V episode about having Kung Fu. The Mike V show in case you guys haven't checked it out. Uh Mike and I are on uh, where When did we start? Uh, January. January? Yeah, since January. Rich has been our wingman and actually it's Mike's show and I'm just, as he put it, going along shotgun, which I dig the description and uh, we are here and pop out one every month and it's a lot of fun Mike is a glorious human being and it's an honor and a privilege to be alongside him Uh, question number second one let's see what we got here Um, as usual not usual, because i did get the name right the first time but this time i don't forgot who sent this email he was um apologies to you but the question was funny, it was about uh, kind of martial arts experience about whether I've been fully knocked out, where, eh, yes and no in the sense that, no, I've never been knocked out as in just go face first on the deck kind of thing not that kind of just brutally cold knockout I've gone out on my feet, where I'm still standing but I don't see anything anymore you know, that kind of knockout, where it's, you're out you just haven't fallen So it's, uh, I guess, it's two degrees of separation from a full knockout. But you get
0: the tunnel vision where it all closes in, and you sort of yeah, where you don't. Still there, but you.
1: Yeah. I had one where uh, he, I got hit pretty damn hard, and you know, stars and the whole cartoon-like image almost where. And I remember, you know, because I there was no way I could stand much longer where, you know, if the guy threw another punch, I would have gone down. So I immediately just shot in on him, and I had a good double leg. It was fast. I dropped right under, took him down, and man, managed in my semi-blinded state to submit him anyway just using jiu-jitsu because if we were to stand up, I was done. You know, I had nothing left. Wow. But that one, I still had something, clearly, because my body could still function and react despite lack of vision. So I don't really consider that one a knockout. The one true knockout that I've experienced as, uh, out on my feet, but so out that I didn't even see the room anymore was, uh, comes to me courtesy of, uh, Miss Savannah M. Yeah. Do tell. Yeah. Before we were even... Mama
0: said knock you out.
1: <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Before we were even together, before we were in a relationship, before any of that, we were we spent a long time as friends and we were hanging out and, uh, Um, we started playing with boxing and, you know, I have done it considerably longer, you know, she hadn't done it. So I was kind of teaching her stuff and we were, and then we would play, we'd just spar and beat the hell out of each other for fun. But, you know, for the most part, at that time, I had much more experience than she did. So she could throw anything she wanted to me and I could take it and no problem right so i was like <laughs> and um, you know so we're going back and f- now by the way that would not be the same story savannah now is a hell of a boxer she's um, from a technical standpoint she's a much better boxer than i am her technique her footwork is awesome her power is great she she's she's good man i i have more evil on my side so i think i have evil tricks up my sleeves that w- give me an edge in that direction but in terms of pure boxing technique she's way better than i am in any case back at that time it wasn't so and so she would throw in a little harder and i encourage her to because i was like there's no problem you know there's no issue and but we were pushing each other. We were talking shit while we were sparring. We were just pushing each other. And, you know, it was a little rough, but nothing too bad. It was playful, you know. Until that left hook came in. Until she threw the spinning back fist from hell. So it's not pure boxing. This was more like general, mix it up, hypo striking back fist are highly legal in boxing. She threw the back fist from hell. And if you guys don't know what a spinning back fist is, it's a way that. Is the one punch that you can throw with your hands that probably generate the most power you can think of because there's your whole body spinning in it in a way that... I've seen that before. I've seen um, a relatively... um, Who was this lady? I I remember seeing in another situation a lady who was clearly smaller than her opponent, threw a spinning back fist and just knocked the fuck out of him. And then she felt bad because she didn't even realize that you're throwing that hard. But yeah, spinning back fist, it doesn't feel like you're throwing hard and you throw is like throwing with a baseball bat. And uh, Savannah threw it. It landed perfectly. I just did not see it coming. And it just went whack right across my face. And... Everything went black pretty much. I just, I could not see straight for 10 minutes. It was that kind of uh, intense blow. I remember later uh, afterwards I went home, I took a shower. I felt like I exhaled deeply through my nose and just this stream of blood came pouring out. (laughs) It was... And, of course, you know, this I guess this should have been a warning, right? And, of course, what did I do within a few months? I decided, this woman is amazing. I need to be in a relationship with her. So, yes, nothing like knocking somebody out to convince them that you are the best in the world. She and you. grabbed you up
0: caveman style, bonked you on the head and drug you home.
1: Basically, that's how it was. But, yeah, the spinning back fist from hell. You know, I've been sparring with a lot of people who are, you know, tough and rough. And these people who throw hard stuff. <laughs> nobody ever hit me as hard as the spinning back fist from hell from savannah that was glorious Uh, do i think it's a good idea to get whacked in the head too many times no clearly because obviously there's brain damage occurring every time you get hit in the head part of me i guess feels that getting a little whacked in the head is a good thing in your life at least if once or twice in your life just, once in to while, know. just to know yeah because if i've never been hit it's a shock to get hit in the head so i think it's almost a moral duty to get hit in the head at least some of your life but clearly it's not something you want to do too often because it's accumulating brain damage over brain damage so there are only so many extra brain cells that you want to give up absolutely but so for experience sake once in a while great but once you do it, that's why the grappling game is so much cooler in that regard because you can afford to go relatively hard with injuries that are you know, shit can happen, but it's not the design of the game is not to just give you brain damage the design of the game is to put somebody in a pin or submit them and they tap, you know it's not nearly as bad striking game is a hard game there's just no way around it It's um, but in any case so yeah i had fond memories actually of the spinning back fist from hell i remember it tenderly
0: does she have to stay in the back of the room now when she goes out training with you
1: no but once in a while oh man our sparring session sometime yeah sometimes things don't work well there was another one that i'm not incredibly proud of that uh, was not one of my best moments but i think i very sure. so many of my no best moments. once in a while i should say actually some good moments because there are so many where i'm like I regularly come across like an absolute dick. But in this one case, we were sparring. And she hit me a bit harder than we were going to. And she felt bad and dropped her hands and was about to check on me. Except that she did it mid-flurry where I was hitting her back like, okay, you hit me like that? Okay, let me come back at you. So I was throwing bombs back. And she got rocked a couple of times. And she was like... And I almost yelled at her, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Hands up, you know, we're still going, there's no, nobody called the timeout here, you know, we're still in the middle of the round. And then I thought about it, I'm like, this poor sweet woman was checking up on me to make sure I didn't get whacked too hard, and my response was to hit her five times in the head in the space of five seconds and just say, come on you wimp, get your hands up, you know, there's... Yeah, so, and she, oddly enough, she didn't break up with me right then and there. She had a
0: punch she was going to deliver a few weeks later. She's yeah, yeah, up. Uh,
1: that's what I like. She's tough and she can, but I felt, you know, it was not my best moment. <laughs> that was a bit of a dick move on my part. <laughs> but, you know, I got. it's the middle of a round. There's, until the bell rings, there's no, you know, I got a little wrapped up in things. But, in any
0: case. Nobody was harmed in the execution of these. It's except me. But. Except Yeah. Yeah. All right. Closing it up. Watch yourself for wild punches. Indeed. Unless you have faith that they're not going to hit you.
1: Another episode in the can.
0: The funky fresh music can only mean one thing, and that's it for episode 64 of the Drunken Downs podcast. I hope you guys had a good time. I think it was quite a chat. We had dirty sex talking there. We had uh, human sacrifice, um, coyotes at 3 a.m.
1: It's basically Tuesday at my house.
0: It's, yeah, well, that's exactly where it all comes from. Um, we, had a, we had a fun... Uh, I, I just got to go to the show, but uh, Danielli did a live show with Duncan a few days ago at the uh, Hollywood Improv. And of all people in the world, Dr. Drew showed up to hog all the time. But um, it was a really cool show. There's about 200 people in the room. And it just made us wonder like crazy if uh, maybe it might be time for us L.A. area folks to try a Drunken Taoist uh, live episode. That would be fun. We'd love to give it a try. So if anybody has any interest, fire off some email and let us know that, uh, yeah, you would come down for it. I think we would probably get Mike V to come along to kind of double it up and make it a, a super episode. But you have any interest in that let us know because it's getting to be that time we've been doing this for a while and we'd be happy to come meet some of y'all
1: that would be awesome i dig that idea yeah man duncan the whole live podcast format that he has created is genius i deeply admire what duncan is doing he's been nice enough to bring me along a few times i think we did vancouver St. paul and madison wisconsin and then la this time that's fun man every time even this one day was funny when he, Duncan, and uh, Dr. Drew got into this debate regarding psychedelics, and it was, you know, very friendly debate, but it was funny to hear kind of different viewpoints about it all, and um, I had a good time. They were all good humans up there and uh okay
0: and if scandinavia y'all we know you listen we see you sweden norway finland oh yeah if you want us up there we'll definitely come for a visit just let us know
1: yeah in preferably in december when it's Ooh, minus we know. 20 Ooh, this is, 20. Wrong. Yeah,
0: no, this is a know. mistake
1: i know i know the um <laughs> let's just real quick i just want to bring up the whole harry's.com business again because uh these guys only sponsor a couple of episodes they just want to test us out see how it goes So it would be great if you guys uh, can check it out. I mean, if you ever use razors, please check them out because it's not like you're buying something you don't need. Um, If you actually ever use razors, check out if Ares gives you a better option than what you're currently trying and it would help us out. Maybe they decide to sponsor more episodes. That would be sweet. So check out the episode notes for... uh, the hairy, um, the
0: and the, and the nice thing I would add really quickly it's not a uh, you don't have to join a club membership or anything, you can right. just do a one time purchase with these guys. Or if you want it every two months or every month, you can sign up for that as well. But it's it's a great product, it trims them whiskers quite nicely. And uh, yeah, you would really be helping us out,
1: yeah. Because I mean, I understand, you know, I understand it's a pain in the ass, like the whole podcast model of how to finance a podcast, it can get tricky because obviously we are doing this for free you get it out there, not everybody has extra money to send donations, even if it's little, I get it, money's tight, so people who do send donations, we have the deepest thanks for you, but I understand some people can't, and so I get it that, but you can do other things, you know, if you ever shop on Amazon, please use our Amazon link, you don't spend an extra cent and it helps us out tremendously, if you use razors well check out the hairy and you can uh, you know use our code discount and maybe these guys will decide to sponsor us again the um, you know all of the things stuff like uh, you know you decide that you want to try the audible and the audiobooks because you dig it again just use our discount code if you that's not doesn't interest you then don't do it cocoa chocolate you know the whole range of all the things that we have if uh, it would be sweet if you guys can use them and keep us in business Speaking of the folks that keep us in business in more direct fashion, let's thank a few folks who donated. Um, let's go screw up their names.
0: Here we go. Let the pottery begin.
1: Luca Randomil. Eric Prudhomme. Chris Treshbal. Oh, the one coming up. That's an interesting name. Jabbar Kaji-Reed. Nice. That's cool, man. Logan Porisky. John Hatfield and Desmond Colton. John Hatfield and Desmond Colton are some of the loyal guys who are there every
0: month. No, but sound like some fresh names there. Thank yeah. you very much, everybody. I mean, The funny thing is we recently cut the bandwidth down to save on bandwidth costs, but it still ain't free. But, uh, you know, it's never been anything to, to interrupt what we're doing, but, you know
1: that's the reason we have
0: to do all this silliness
1: yeah because i mean this is not the longest donation list ever so you can see why we do need sponsor because you know seven people dropping us a few bucks is sweet but clearly does not change our economic status forever but it's um it's very appreciated those of you guys who have been using amazon link very appreciated those of you you know i know there are a bunch of ways you guys some of you have been writing reviews on itunes very sweet um, the whole range again just to remind you also Dawis lecture series is always available for uh, download uh, Nietzsche shirts have come in Check them out. They are so badass. I can't even tell you. They're probably They're fantastic. yeah. They come out great. Yeah. And
0: um I love that the, the Datsun logo is on his on his uh, hemp yeah, swim swim pants.
1: That's we had fun with that. There's the Datsusara logo on the hemp pants. There's Nietzsche is wearing the original logo Drunken Taoist t-shirt. So it's two shirts for the price of one. Exactly. I guess. <laughs> it's yeah, we had so much fun with that. And Savannah did an amazing job. Uh, rendering my perverted imagination into reality this, by the way, speaking of perverted this is for one, one t-shirt that you do not have to hide from if you go to work or if you all our other shirts are sexually charged the first one, there's a, not exactly nudity but close to it the dude getting kicking in the balls the couple making out uh, scantily clothed you know, there's not much in the way of clothing. The Dionysian Parade, let's not even go there. Well,
0: but- I was made aware when we were moving some t-shirts during Duncan's show that uh, that is not going to be allowed in the sixth grade uh, gym class. Yeah. Too many boobies. Who said that? Well, one of the people that bought one. Really? She said she can't wear that. She's a gym teacher. And oh, she, and... Apparently... Um, she won't be wearing that one to class. Right? Yeah. I don't even think she saw other people screwing on there. Oh my goodness.
1: Oh yeah, there's a lot of nudity, there's a lot of sex, there's drug use, there's a lot of good stuff. So yeah. it's uh this one it's just Nietzsche carrying a surfboard. Unless a you're
0: offended by large mustaches, yeah. it shouldn't be a problem.
1: Then it's all uh, excellent. So
0: we are yeah. also uh we're also getting really close to twenty five thousand dollars in donations. For Kiva, you guys. Excellent. How awesome is that? Congratulations and thanks so much. And let's keep it going. I think I think everybody who's uh, tried it out is really digging it. Because a lot of them are getting to the point where that money's come back. And you get to they do the magic it, of yeah. sending it back out again. So, and awesome and thank you.
1: And one last thank you for Daisy House for providing the music. And I think, uh, uh, shall we say that this is a wrap? That's it. So, you guys... It's a glorious day to be alive. Go enjoy it. Hope you have a wonderful day.
0: And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dawes podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at D that's D B O L E L L I, and you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1, that's R I C H I M O N the numeral one. See y'all soon. In questo cazzo in questo caso, caso la providenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, huh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? <laughs> nice.
1: So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs>
0: This was great, it's fucking awesome, and I love this conversation.
1: Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and? Uh, uh,
0: your accent—it just whatever that movie is—you were trying to tell me about. Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one, exactly.
1: Just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. That's Get back I... to work.